Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biro. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I am a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp That Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Time. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreessen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Proofus, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doom, the untold story of Roger Clemens, the Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Positivity. I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift talk show, blogtalkradio.com. Deep within the molten core of a dying star. From the snow-capped mountaintops of Middle Earth, orbiting above the Earth in a stolen alien spacecraft. The Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Now, strap on your seatbelt, get ready to kneel, true believers, because here's your host, Emmy. Well, 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 hello out there in internet radio land. This is your illustrious host, Emmy, and you are listening to the Graveyard Shift talk show. The great, well, I, actually, I can't say it's the greatest talk show ever, like I always do, because that would be disrespectful to our upcoming guest today, tonight, because he is also a talk show host, and he has an absolutely fantastic talk show. So tonight is June 10th, 2017, and this uh, episode is titled An Interview with Mario Nunez. And this is going to be a very special episode. Now, of course, all of our episodes are always very special. But uh, tonight is going to be, we're going to switch gears a bit tonight, guys. And uh, for those of you that don't know me, I uh, normally do a uh, talk show based around pop culture, geek culture, um, anime, gaming, movies, um, you know, celebrity interviews, and also, of course, the paranormal. Uh, we've been doing the show for well over 15 years. Uh, we started out as a brick-and-mortar studio uh, stage, or excuse me, a brick-and-mortar studio-based show in Clearwater, and then we moved online right here. And uh, we've been on Blog Talk Radio for a very long time. And then uh, Bid Chat, which is a uh, network app company in California, picked us up. And unfortunately, they've been having very many server issues, and we haven't been able to connect with them. So... I've been doing uh, my video uh, feed uh, through Facebook, and it's actually been working out pretty well. We've been getting a lot of uh, positive comments about it, so I'm really happy about that. But tonight is going to be a little different. Tonight we're going to be talking, uh, we're going to kind of take a low-key approach here. Um, you know, I know normally I'm kind of wacky and out there, and, you know, we might still have some, you know, lighthearted moments here and there, but we're going to be de- dealing with a pretty serious subject, and that is uh, the serious subject of the Tampa Bay Next uh, topic, uh, which is a local topic. But it actually has um, ramifications for really anybody that has uh, a love for history or arts or culture or the you know, local um, neighborhoods and such. I mean, these, this is something that could happen in your neighborhood. 
And we'll be discussing this with uh, Mario Nunez, who's a very, very, very well-known figure uh, locally. He has his own talk show called the, the Tampa Native Show, which started out as a Facebook uh, group, and then it, it just blossomed into a public access show, and then it and even grew more than that uh, into a full-blown talk show at the local TVAE, Tampa Bay Arts and Education Network. He's going to be calling in. Uh, later tonight, we're, and uh, we're going to be speaking with him, and of course, hopefully, we'll we'll hear from some other people that are um, also passionate about uh, you know stopping this thing. And anyway, we're looking forward to hearing from him, of course. Now, for those of you that um, don't really know that much about what TBX or excuse me, Tampa Bay Next is, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Basically, um, Tampa has a very serious transportation issue. Okay. Um, we, uh, we have like, you know, yes, Tampa is a big city, but it also has areas that are just basically congestion magnets. And there is this particular area, one of the particular areas that this project is proposing to, you know, change is what's known as malfunction junction. And my fun- ugh, malfunction junction refers to the area of uh, where I-275 meets I-4. And I-275 is um, kind of a short-ish section of freeway that cuts off from I-75, which is the main, one of the main freeways that go into Florida from the north of the United States. And then it crosses all the way. I-75 crosses all the way across Florida, parallel to I-95, by the way. So I-75 is the western uh, leg of the the Western Freeway leg, okay, and then I-95 is the, you know, the, the Eastern one. And anyway, I-75, if you just follow I-75, it goes right all the way down uh, the, the left, you know, the Western side of Florida, all the way to, you know, the Miami's, you know, where Miami is, and then, you know, you can take Alligator, what's called Alligator Alley, which I'm actually not sure what the highway name for that is, and you can take that across um, across Florida then to West Palm or Boca or Miami or what have you. And then, then you can also take I-95, that other stretch. Any, anyway, um, once I-75 gets to Tampa, gets to our area, it fractures off somewhat. So then you can take, if you want to get to Tampa, you can take what's called I-275, and you can take that south, okay? And I-275 takes you into the Tampa Bay area. It also takes you to Temple Terrace. Um, you know, whatever, Carrollwood, you know, you can get off an exit to Carrollwood, uh, you can, and, and in fact, you can even take I-275 all the way to St. Petersburg, okay, um, and for those of you wondering to get to Clearwater, that's, that's further inland, that's like, um, I want to say Courtney Campbell Causeway, which is a different road altogether, anyway, um, so the trick is, once you get onto I-275, if you want to go on I-4, which is an extremely important freeway in Florida, you've got to venture, you've got to basically merge onto the I-4 ramp. That's where malfunction junction happens. And we call it that because, unfortunately, a lot of accidents have happened there. And more often than not, we get a ton of people that just stop because there's so much traffic because, you know, there's only that one you know, the curve is just one curve to get in. And that was yeah, fairly recently put in, that, that big, you know, ramp. Um, so anyway, um, 
you know, there's no doubt it needs to be changed. I mean, so, or not necessarily changed, but something needs to happen to improve it because it, it's terrible. The transportation issues are is absolutely horrible. I-4 has a tremendous amount of accidents and um, people getting hurt, people getting killed. Um, and, you know, again, for those of you who were not aware, I-4 is where you go to get to, guess where, Orlando and the rest of, you know, West Central Florida, or excuse me, Central Florida. And what's in Orlando? Disney World and, you know, SeaWorld and whatever, Universal, all those places. And without I-4, yeah, it's going to be kind of hard to get there. I mean, there are other ways to get there, but I-4 is basically the way. So this whole project is very, 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 very uh, critical to our whole area. I mean, the importance of changing something like that is, I mean, it's massive. So, of course, we are very, very concerned about how it affects us here. Because, well, you'll see when, when Mario speaks to us, you'll see what we're talking about. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Mario, okay? So Mario, you know already that I've discussed, is um, a, a host of the Tampa Native Show. And the Tampa Native Show is a really unique talk show, okay? So Tampa Native Show, they discuss history, art, culture, entertainment, um, sports, you know, you know they'll, and they bring in uh, you know, local, um, very popular people from our area to talk on their show. And they've been doing this for a very, very long time. Um, and I want to say, um, they, I want to say it was, uh, that they just kind of just like got brought in. I mean, I'll ask him about this, but I think the Tampa Bay Arts and Education Network brought him in fairly recent. Um, but I'm not 100% sure about that. I'm going to, I'm going to, clarify with him when I bring him on. But anyway, um, the important thing is, so Mario and his, and his, you know, group over there talk about all the importance that history and art and culture and all these things have to the Tampa Bay area. And it's a really cool show. I mean, if you want to know more about it, all you, all you have to do is go to www.tampanativesshow.com and uh, you'll be able to, to, you know, hear more about them. Now, I, I'm pretty sure this is him on the line, so I'm going to bring him in. Steven, is this him? Okay, great. So, here we go. All right, Mario, is that you? Are you on the line with us? I'm here with you, Emmy. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I want to welcome you aboard uh, to the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. I believe this is your your uh, first time coming on the air with us. And, and fact, It is um, indeed. Yeah, it's perfect timing. I was just telling the the, the the fans about you. So can you, before we get into this subject, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, maybe about your show, and then, of course, why and how you became involved with uh, opposing the Tampa Bay Next project? Absolutely. And, and thanks for the opportunity to address this uh, with your fans. Um, I am a fourth-generation Tampa native. Um, our family has been here for an incredibly long time, since about 1895. Uh, my antecedents got here with uh, Don Vicente Martinez Ibor. Uh, everybody knows about Ibor City. They may not know too much about the history, if you're, especially the millennials and the younger set. But uh, at one point, Ibor City was... Uh, the economic engine uh, that drove really Tampa. Uh, the, Mr. Ebor has been referred to as 
the Baron of the South, and he really should be, uh, you know, rightfully uh, take his place alongside the, the likes of uh, Henry Ford, Cornelius Vanderbilt, um, Andrew Carnegie, because what he did here uh, with the tobacco leaf from Cuba uh, rivals anything that any of the great industrialists did up north. Well, my great-grandparents, my grandparents, and to a lesser extent, my parents were involved in that industry. And as a result, I was uh, fortunate enough to be born and raised here. I'm a little bit older than you, Emmy, so I've been here a little bit longer. And I remember Tampa when Tampa was very small. And, and we, we like to joke on the Tampa Native show. We say it tongue-in-cheek but with a lot of affection in our heart that when we grew up here in Tampa, uh, you either knew somebody's cousin, you were somebody's cousin, and you had to be careful who you were kissing on because they might just be your cousin. <laughs> right, Tampa was right. very small. Tampa was very small and, uh, and very familial to a lot of people. So uh, that's just a little bit of a background on who I am. I'm retired now after 30 years in the travel industry. And for the last seven years, I've been executive producer and host of the Tampa Native Show. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm proud to announce that just this week, uh, the Tampa Native Show in its, in its first uh, application, I guess, the, I guess you could say that we were, uh, we were we juried in a show we did live from the Florida State Fair uh, was submitted for an award, a tele award, and that's an award that's given out annually to right. uh, blo- blogcast and, and YouTube channel hosts and everything that is n- non-traditional television. And we won an right, award right. in our first time out. So the, the Tampa Native Show is, is on the map, and, and we're certainly uh, proud to be a part of the Tampa Bay Arts and Education Network family. So. That's just a quick thumbnail sketch as to who I am and what I've been doing for the last seven years. Now, the Tampa Native Show, as you described it aptly, is really <laughs> sort of a, a, a look at Tampa history. We, we're kind of, we're kind of uh, a repository for those stories, that some of which no longer exist simply because our older generation, your parents, your grandparents, my parents, are starting to leave us now. And as they do, they take those stories with them. So not sure if your fans are familiar with StoryCorps out of New York, but uh, we do something similar along those lines. We're, we're very, very concerned about our history, uh, the mm-hmm. Tampa Native show is. So as a result, uh, we try to capture those stories. Um, and what we're also responsible in knowing that in order for us to move forward, we've got to also attract the younger audience and then inform them. Like hopefully tonight we're going to get a chance to do that with with your audience. Right. Absolutely. Talking, talking about TBX, right? Tampa Bay Express, and, and now the new version, which is Tampa Bay Next, mm-hmm. as it relates to uh, the description you gave your viewers at the top of the show, um, it, it really, it, it only encompasses about a 12-mile stretch of I-275 and I-4. So I, I, I don't want you to think that, I don't want your viewers, your listeners to think that it's just, you know, has anything to do with I-4 corridor from leaving East Tampa to Orlando because it has nothing to do with that, and it has okay. precious little to do precious little to do with 75 going south to Alligator Alley. I heard all that description, and that was it was just wrong and a little bit misleading. You didn't know, so I'm gonna I want to set the record straight. Okay, yeah, I appreciate this, that. Thank you. Yep, well, yep. What's being proposed here is about a $9 billion, somewhere between 6 and $9 billion taxpayer boondoggle. Let me explain. What they're going to do, and it's already in place in Miami and South Florida from Fort Lauderdale South, 
are very expensive toll lanes, but not the toll lanes that we already navigate currently on Veterans Expressway and the Crosstown. These are toll lanes that people who find themselves in these lanes are going to pay a sliding toll. In other words, it's almost like Uber, where you're going to pay a higher premium toll to use that lane during peak hours. You with me so far? Yes, sir. Okay, so so you find yourself in this toll lane, and all of a sudden it's peak time, rush hour, and you're paying a $2 a mile fee. And let's say you've got to traverse about eight miles on this particular in this particular lane. Well, quick mm-hmm. math, eight times two, that's $16. That's $16 one way to get to work. And if you take that going home, the other $16, $32. You multiply that times five, and you can see how this gets expensive over the week, and you multiply that four more times, you can see how over the month, you know, you're going to be paying about $400 just to get to work. Now, that's over the wear and tear on your vehicle. That's over the petrol that you're going to have to put in the, in the car as well to run it. The, and this the is lanes in the new, this, I'm sorry, I just want to clarify. So this is going to be in the new, it, it, this is in the new proposed uh, lanes that they're trying to do, right? That's right. All of this, all okay. of this highway expansion and all of this highway widening has been taking place to accommodate these, what we like to refer to as Lexus lanes, because the okay. only people that are going to afford, afford to be able to be in these lanes are the CEOs and the top administrators of companies and the people who make a lot of money. I'm, I'm assuming criminals who make money will be able to ride in these lanes too, because the average Joe will not be able to. You follow me? So, yeah, yeah. so it's gonna, they're, they're gonna serve, it's going to serve a very few number of people. Now, all taxpayers... Everybody who lives in this area is going to be expected to pay for that vis-a-vis by their taxes. Now, so they're going to, you're going to have to pay for that, that highway twice, once in the taxation to build it, and then again to use it. That doesn't seem mm-hmm. quite fair, but, but where the rubber yeah. meets the road in this case is that, you know, we are a growing community. Tampa is, is growing and expanding. We have a mayor that's bent on inviting people to our area, bringing in those Fortune 500 companies, trying to sell Tampa and the Tampa Bay area on the virtues of it's a great place to live and the beaches and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Well, that's all well and good, Emmy. But if you don't, got, if you don't have a viable way to move people around your city, you're, you're going to experience the gridlock that we're all experiencing currently. Our, right, forefathers, right. our forefathers never really planned for Tampa to be this big. Tampa was always a small town and really a flyover on the way to Miami, but since the late 70s and certainly throughout the 90s and now with Mr. Vinnick and his, and his desire to make Tampa the next great city, everybody knows who we are and everybody's finding us. Well, we have a real problem, don't we? If you've, if you've tried to navigate 275 from downtown to St. Petersburg across the Howard Franklin oh. Bridge, you know the problems that we're having. Oh, definitely. With, what those of us that are advocating against, okay, speaking out against, TBX or Tampa Bay Next, what we're trying to impress upon everybody is, hey, this is not what we need. This is going to serve a few people, very expensive. What we need is multimodal. What we need is to attack this problem of gridlock from many different, many different angles, including light rail, including trolley cars, including uh, HOV lanes, which you know, HOV lanes, that doesn't require anything. Well, we don't even have that, and, we, and that technology has been around since the late 70s. You know what HOV lanes are, Emmy? No, I'm, I'm afraid I don't. And, be, and before we H-O-V, go any further... H- 
Um, Mario, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry if I uh, just wanted to let you know that I believe one of your guests is uh, holding on the line here. Would you like me to buzz them in or you want to wait? No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I want to yield the floor because I've invited others who are as knowledgeable and certainly much more so in some cases okay. on, on this program. So please, by all means, let them okay. share with you what they know as well. Okay. Um, well, before before I do that, can you uh, you were gonna explain HOV lane, so I wanted to give you the HOV uh, HOV real quickly. HOV stands for the acronym stands for high occupancy vehicle. What it means is you can utilize this lane free of charge. The only stipulation is you have to have more than one person in your car, and in some cases more than two. So if you know if okay. you're one person in one car, you stay on the right hand side. But if you carpooling, right? So what it does is it encourages people to carpool rather than just go one, one person, one car. That's what HOV, high occupancy vehicle. Everybody, every, every big city in the nation okay. has it. We don't have it. Okay. I wanted uh, – no, this person uh, – sir or madam, you're on the line with us. Can you give us your, um, your, your name and, and, uh, and, and who you are, please? Sure. Hi. Um, this is Michelle. I'm, I'm calling from Tampa, and thanks for the opportunity to call in. Uh, sure, and talk sure. with you all tonight, especially for focusing on this very important issue. Uh, thanks to Mario, who's a good friend, and the Tampa Native Show, and all of those viewers who are part of our coalition. I'm with an organization called Sunshine Citizens. We're yeah. a grassroots group that grew up out of this outrage after we were shown this project. Uh, just a quick thing about that is, you know, two years ago, was when FDOT got around to saying as they went down a list that the feds. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm losing, I'm, ma'am. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm losing you a little bit. Can you can you repeat that what you just last said? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just no, saying okay. two years ago. Hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine now. Thank you. Okay, sorry about that. I was just saying briefly, just some history on the project. Two years ago is when the public first saw this, but prior to that, FDOT had been having all these private meetings where they were calling in special interest groups of the Chamber of Commerce, uh, a business area, you know, the West Shore business area has a West Shore Alliance, um, different groups that they wanted to get primed up, and they called them their project champions. And they had all these meetings, you know, saying, listen, this is how great this is, and we expect you to get out front and tell everybody, rah, rah, soup and bah, we want to yes. But mm-hmm. when the plan was shown to the public, we immediately had all these questions and just said, this is insane. You know, Mario did a good job talking about uh, the variable wage polling, uh, something that has already been done in South Miami, and it's failing. It's, it's something that's failing all over the country. And really what happened was there was a swell of activism at a uh, grassroots level. We really are mm-hmm. David going up against fire, and we've been continuing to win. Um, something I really want to make sure folks know, too, is just we talk about this, you know, well, it's a fee on a lane, and that's not fair. Or people will say, well, I don't care. I'm suffering so much in this traffic. A big part of what's so horrible about this project is it is going to drastically widen a highway that should have not been put where it was to begin with. You know, when it I-275 was built, it blasted right through the heart of campus, through our urban core, through our most historic, some of our most historic neighborhoods. We have a lot of historic areas, but it really tore through uh, the heart of the city, just north of downtown, going on north. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, about, really, it's really close to Ebor, you know, that 275, very yeah, close to Ebor. I-4, correct. And so Malfunction Junction is really um, yeah. 
you know, the bomb crater of where so much destruction happened, because I-4 did the same thing. It's absolutely gutted, beautiful, historic tour up in generations mm-hmm. of families and bifurcating it, cutting right down the middle of it, and disconnecting what had been a thriving, vibrant community. I mean, all these years later, we're just now starting. I, I live in one of the affected urban neighborhoods. I've been here 20 years. Um, it's a it's old Seminole Heights, but we are part of a coalition of neighborhoods who are really literally on the front line. And I, I just want to share this information. I can't stress it enough. It, it's so aberrant what they want to do. I mean, we are talking a highway that's 16 lanes wide. We took their pictures of that proposed it with a picture of Raymond James football field. This highway would be wider than the length of that field. Um, all for This what? is the new, you're, you're talking, I'm sorry, I just want to make sure we, so you're talking about the new lanes would be that, that much of a difference. Correct. What they want to do is come in and widen this highway drastically, um, wow. especially through the downtown interchange. So they're going to, yeah, that's, that's the kind of width you're talking about. Um, it's unreal. Hundreds of businesses, homes, you know, the same thing they did to people all over again, and for what? Uh, so that their own numbers show that a commuter who chooses to spend that kind of money, Mario always talked about, up to potentially $32 a day, mm-hmm. to save an average of six minutes, six minutes, and to make sure that the other lanes that don't have a fee or a toll go that much slower. It's psychological. Or sitting in bumper to bumper, but those people on that lane next to you get to go faster, you might be incented to say, I don't care, I'll pay. But those lanes flow right back into the same jam traffic. The whole thing is insane and at a crazy cost to historic communities, communities that are on the rise. They're the hottest real estate in our city right now. Um, you know, people who have left them are invested in them, people who moved in and understood the magic, the uniqueness, the special importance of them and have invested in them are being told mm-hmm. now, well, we don't, you know, we don't care. Yeah. Uh, Mario just chimed in on our comment section um, saying it will destroy the rest of our historic districts. And uh, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. And it sounds to me like it's such a short, I mean, I know that they're using this as a way to push it, like saying, oh, it's such a short expansion that shouldn't hurt that much. But, I mean, it's going to hurt so much because already – so much of Ebor is being, it's so close to Ebor. And what they're suggesting is, you know, basically paving more into it and, and destroying. Correct. Some, is, isn't it true that um, part of the stuff that's going to get destroyed is uh, from this proposition is uh, La Segunda Central Bakery is one of them. And that business Correct. has been there for a really, really long time. Yeah, thank you, Mario. Mm-hmm. That's the one. And I mean, I mean, I, I realize that people say, oh, well, so what? They can relocate. They'll still have their business. That's not the point. The, I mean, the, what, why, why bother having a historic district if there's no district? I mean, you know, yes, the, the family business will still be historic, but the actual people don't go to visit, you know, uh, a, a historic building because it's new. Because I mean, they visit it because it's been there mm-hmm. for such a long time. So, I mean, it's, right. yeah, I mean, if anything, I would think what they need to fix is I-4. I-4 is a mess. I mean, you know, or, still, there's still some Or yeah. the other thing we could consider, here, you're right at the heart of it. 
why, I mean, just even pulling back objectively, not emotionally, let's pretend I don't live here and it's not at my front door. In general, let me see if I've got this straight, FDOT. You're saying to me the only way you know how to solve for a problem that you created, by the way, with your poor engineering, and you've done such a bad job. I mean, they just came through and redid that interchange back in, like, say, 2000. Because don't don't forget, this construction will take years, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're done. We'll never touch this again. We won't need to look at this for another 20 years. They keep repeating these lies. So much of what they said are just blatant lies. And we've, we've dispelled a lot of the myths that they're propagating. They'll, they'll come along and they'll say, you know, um, oh, well, this highway is completely failing. It's failing. And it's like, no, it's not. I, I'm from Miami originally. That's where I grew up. I was like, if you think this is congestion, you've seen nothing yet. I mean, yeah. we have peak times. We do have peak travel times. And we have bottlenecks. So there are areas where things clog up. But that's because of their bad engineering. So their brilliant answer for those problems is to say, we know. We're going to come and double down on everything you've seen before, but this time it's going to work. Why would yeah. we be inclined to believe that? You know, it's, it's the epitome of insanity, doing the same yeah. thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So we need I transit. We, we are the yeah, only I, metropolitan area in the state that doesn't have some form of mass transit. And our bus system yeah, that, needs to be funded. That, yeah, and that kind of gets into a, a, I don't want to say a different subject, but a similar subject, which mm-hmm. um, I, I have to admit I'm not 100% on board with, but only because I don't know that much about it, and I don't want to, you know, I don't like mm-hmm. giving my full support unless I'm fully educated in it, is the, uh, the whole light sure. rail system. Because one of the mm-hmm. things that they, that they talked about when they initially discussed it was, oh, it, it would have, you know, no problem, you know, we'll just pay for it with your taxes. And, you know, I actually am a – I know this is going to be surprising to many – well, my fans know it, but I'm actually a conservative, believe mm-hmm. it or not. <laughs> and which mm-hmm. – that doesn't have anything to do with anything. I mean, you don't have to – so what if – you know, this, this isn't liberal or conservative. This is about helping our history. But, you mm-hmm. know, I kind of like you – no, know, not – my taxes not being <laughs> – I kind of like not being having to pay more taxes. But, I mean, obviously, sure. if it'll help, that's, that's different if it'll help. But, you know, I'm not so sure. I don't know if if light rail will help or not. And if it does, great. I mean, you know, I've been to Europe. I've been on there. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think that's a fair question. And why aren't we allowed to have that conversation, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Why isn't the public allowed to work? Because here's the bottom line. We're already paying for all of this. We're already subsidizing everything we're talking about. They want to spend six to nine billion dollars of our tax money. And then say, go away, shut up. You don't get to say how it's spent. That's one of the main things we've objected to. So we're hmm. saying there's a better ROI. There's a better business case to be made for high-capacity transit systems. So I'm always asking them, what are you trying to solve for? It's not nobody's allowed to drive a car or that roads and cars go away. That's not it at all. It's, if you're saying to me, you want to move more people, Oh, you there? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm here. I just got an in-studio no, call. Sure. No, you're fine. I just got I an in-studio sure call. I had to – no, you're fine. You're fine. Please okay, continue. no problem. <laughs> I apologize for that. It, okay, I apologize sorry. for that. So what I was just saying was – no, it's no problem. So what I was saying was if, if that's what you want to do, like you always want to move more people, we're, you know, constantly we hear, all oh, these people are coming here, then we're saying you have to build infrastructure that supports it and do it smart. So engineering can solve for these problems. 
Um, to your point, though, about, okay, so how do you pay for it? The thing is, there are existing case studies, and I've cited this a lot in the last few years. Even to your point, very many places in this country aren't doubling down on things they used to do. They're looking forward. They are conservative places. They are places where when people were shown a smart plan, they said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with our money being spent that way because that mm-hmm. makes sense. So those examples right. are Salt Lake City. They're Phoenix. I mean, they're sprawling, car-centric, hot place. That actually happens to be conservative. And when the public was shown, here is why we think this will work. Oh, and by the way, where we put, and it's a light rail system, actually, where we put this in, the associated transit-oriented development is really good growth, and it generates our local economy, meaning that money stays here. People who live here have a job. People can be employed and get to their jobs. Um, okay. They can be and Are we talking about – I just want to make sure I understand this. Are we talking about an above-ground rail system or, or below-ground? Because the reason I'm asking that is because Mario actually made a really good point on the comments board here. He was saying at one point mm-hmm. we had 82 – I did not know this. I know we had a trolley system, mm-hmm. but I did not know mm-hmm. that we had 82 miles of trolley system during our heyday. And now we've got four miles of track, which is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, yeah, are we talking about like an above ground thing or is this like a subway kind of thing? Well, obviously the, our, our environment changes, you know, what affects what we could build. So this example I was fighting was Phoenix. So that's above ground. And I'm not saying light rail is okay. the solution. We're talking about many solutions and that you connect right, many right. systems. So, but yeah, it would have, you know, what that system looks like is there are all those factors to consider. We have, there's several different kinds of systems. So from a regional perspective, um, we also could look at, you know, larger heavy commuter rail and those kinds, those require a certain rail track that we have already in place with CSX. Now, CSX has been looking to sell those lines and the department has refused that offer. But that's a quicker way to build something. You don't have all this associated right away and displacement of people. Um, the right away is already there. You generate, again, development because that you know, because that exists. Where you have stations, you build services because people are getting on and off of the train. Or they're using that line to connect business centers, places, major employment centers, so USF to downtown. You know, we need to make these connections, actually. You know, we need to connect USF to downtown, downtown to the airport, West Shore area. Yeah. But all the Um, state presents No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say all the state presents the same thing over and over again and saying, oh, we swear we're done, we won't be back again. We know they purposely do it poorly so they can ensure they have that same job again the next 10 years. Right, right. (laughs) Um, Are you guys expecting, um, I just wanted to make sure I knew, because I knew there were a couple people that might have been calling in. Are you guys expecting anyone else calling in? Because I do have another caller on the line. It is from a different area. Yeah, take that call. I bet I know who it is. But thanks for the opportunity Okay, because it's from a different area code. I don't know if this is somebody oh, that's associated. Well, I don't know who this is. Um, I I can ask them really quick, and then, you know, okay, are you okay with that? Sure, I don't know yeah, who this no, that's is. great. Okay, all right, let's okay, see who this okay. is. Okay, thank you. Hello, caller. You're sure. on the air. Can you give your first name only, please? And uh, how, how what would you like to say tonight? I'm not a hundred percent sure that you're talking to me. This is Rick. Oh hey Rick, how are you, sir? How how are you doing? I'm I'm fine. Um, I have no objection to giving my last name, but if you only want the first, that's fine yeah, too. Yeah, let's 
let's stick with the first the, name uh, only. Okay, well that's fine. I, semi-anonymous is fine. Um, yeah. The uh, the the seven eight six area code is a Miami exchange. Uh, it's my work oh, okay. phone, but I actually I actually live and work in Tampa, and I'm a resident of oh, Tampa I, Heights. And uh, I'm feel I, bad. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't um, one of our regular fans that call in. Uh, but if you're associated with um, with Mario and the Sunshine uh, Coalition, did I say that correctly? The Sunshine uh, Sunshine Citizens. Sunshine, some thank you, Sunshine Citizens. Uh, you can absolutely give your full name if if you're okay with that. That's absolutely fine. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I'm not ashamed <laughs> of my name no, or the association. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my name is Rick Fernandez, and I'm the president okay. of the Tampa Heights Civic Association. Wonderful. And uh, I I feel badly for cutting off Michelle because, frankly, she's much more conversant on these issues than I am. I've been involved for a couple of years, but she's been in the granular details and really a warrior all of that time. So I I won't take a lot of time here, and I do apologize for bumping her. Um, And I will say uh, I have not been listening to the program all along. I just heard the last maybe three or four minutes of Michelle's uh, comments. So I wonder, if, is there anything you could prompt me on in terms of an area that you might want specific conversation about? Um, are you speaking to me or to her? Well, I'm, I'm speaking to you as the moderator, oh, and okay. if Michelle is still okay. on the line, I, 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 can jump, I wouldn't. I can drop off the line so I don't cause any of that confusion, too. Um, I'm okay, no, that's fine. In. No, that's fine. We can, yeah, whichever, however you guys want to do it. Um, Basically, we were just discussing this new highway expansion or proposed change, sure. and um, she sure. was talking about how it would affect everyone, how it would affect, um, you know, really that region, and, and the fact that we, we, we talked about how such it's such a short, um, you know, area that we're discussing, and yet it's going to affect so many people and so many businesses in such a negative way. And then uh, right. we also discussed the history of transit, you know, talking, in fact, Mario Nunez who's also on the air with us right now and although he's commenting on our on our on our on our I'm, Facebook. I'm still feed. here, I Emmy. Mean, I'm still here. I'm definitely still Yeah, I know you're still he, he's still there. He's he's there so but um okay. he uh was talking about, you know, the, the trolley situation and all that but um and then and then we also just we just now just before you called in we we were talking about light rail and and all that now. Okay. So. Well, let, let let me just let me just make a couple of of quick comments. Uh, hopefully, sure, sure. I'll, I'll I'll be able to contribute something you haven't already heard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the 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 Tampa Bay Express project actually is a, a it's a monster in terms of the number yeah. of miles that it potentially implicates not only on 275 and I4 but also Interstate 75 in this county and Pinellas and surrounding counties. So, you know, those of us that have been involved in this in this fight with FDOT for the last couple of years, speaking for myself in particular, my principal focus has been the protection of the historic core neighborhoods. In my case, I am particularly invested in Tampa Heights. I, I was born here, I was raised here, and, you know, literally my DNA is here. And the the interstate when it came through initially in the late 50s and 60s destroyed this neighborhood we've uh, only now begun to come up out of the ashes again and you know here comes f dot again to a neighborhood near you and uh mm-hmm. they're looking looking to redouble and uh, triple their efforts and damage us potentially destroy us again and that 
that infrastructure lives on in perpetuity for the next six or seven or eight decades. So it's, uh, at some point, you need to draw a line in the sand and just say enough's enough. You can only you can only address the question of traffic congestion with road expansion for so long becomes before it becomes a ridiculous scenario where we literally are living under asphalt and concrete, and that's where we are now. Eventually, yeah. you have to turn to other other alternatives, whether it be the streetcar, which certainly we're involved in a significant study in that arena now, or uh, light rail, commuter rail. Uh, other modes of transit, uh, including your feet. Thank you very much. And and mm-hmm. and, uh, and right, bike, right. Um, bank transit. Uh, yeah, basically anything that allows you to get around in this city safely without getting into a car. If you were right. if you were born and raised here, you know nothing else. We've been a car centric uh, city basically since the mid 40s. And well, uh, prior Truman, to that, probably. Yeah, I prior to that. We actually were a progressive, forward-thinking city. We were, mm-hmm. we were the future uh, in the 40s and before. Since then, frankly, we have been just, just stuck in, the, in, 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 a, in a retro uh, car-centric uh, bubble. And, uh, and me. You know, many, if I can, many, yeah. Rick, if I can, yeah, I, yeah. Want to use, I want to use the analogy that we, we've used before. We, we cannot afford to get off the air with uh, the graveyard shift without our call to action, which is to let people know that this coming Tuesday, the 13th. Yeah, I was just going to say, that, I was just yep, going to ask. Yep. We're going to get, we're going to definitely, I'm going to let uh, Michelle and Rick both speak to the call to action to get everybody to the MPO meeting. But I wanted to just add a little bit of levity to this and just, just share with you the analogy that we use when we're in front of the MPO. And we tell them, listen, adding more lanes to an existing highway by widening it is like the proverbial fat person buying bigger pants whilst they diet <laughs> to get down to a smaller size. The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to eat into the new size. In other words, it right, doesn't right. work. At the end, it yeah. doesn't work. So, and, and we use it, and it always draws the same smile, but they don't seem to be listening. They don't seem to be yeah. listening. Well, you know, it, what, that doesn't surprise me when you see all the groups that are supporting it and buying into it. Yep. I mean, There's a lot of money behind you know. it. Exactly. Yep. And there's that, a lot of, lot, of palanca, lot of palanca behind it, which is a West Tampa and Ebor City term but, for, you know, uh, yeah, thank uh, you. ability. And, and, and yeah, yeah the, the means by which. Yeah, we got, remember, we got, we, we've got Australians and Swedish people listening. So you got to, I don't know I, what I that don't is. I don't know what the Swedish thing. term for palanca is, but yeah, I wish I, I did know because it's probably a cool word. I don't know. I have no idea. That's funny. But, but no, they, they got it. And, and, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, yep. it's ridiculous. It really is. It doesn't matter how many ways you slice it. And, you know, those and, communities and there that you're, 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 you're alluding to, those communities, they know a thing or two about multimodal. Come on, man. Sure. The Swedes, they ride bikes. You know what I mean? Yep. They understand what, what, what it is to, you know, I mean, of course, they have waterways, and, I mean, there's the water taxis, but we have the river. There are so many different ways we can attack this thing so that we don't compromise our historic districts anymore. When I-4 went in, it essentially cleaved Ybor City into two halves, a north and a south. It is, and when, when 75 went in, it essentially cleaved uh, Seminole Heights and Tampa Heights and West Tampa as well. So we can't afford to lose any more of our historic Landmarks yeah. and territory. That's all I'm saying. Right. Uh, we have another caller on the line that I believe is also associated with you guys. Um, let's go. You... Bring them on. Okay, let's go. Okay. Here we go. I think this is the most calls I've ever had at once. It's kind of interesting. The more the uh, merrier. The more the merrier. It's a good <laughs> yeah. party. 
Hello, thank you for calling. Uh, caller, can you please give us your name and how you're associated with um, the Tampa Bay Next or against Tampa Bay Next project? Yeah, against. Yes. Hello, hello, caller? Hello. Hello. Yes, hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure you were talking with me. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to you. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes. Hi, my name is Kimberly Overman, and I have been watching and working on this project for actually several years. Um, I moved to Tampa in 84, so I'm not quite a native, but I'm, I'm feel as though this is my home and I'm, I'm really frustrated with this whole project. We've been talking about transportation for 30 years and not going anywhere. Um, FDOT has paid for numerous plans to help us figure out what we need. And unfortunately, they don't, haven't really been listening to what we have been saying for decades now. Um, I moved here from Washington, D.C. I moved to Tampa from a city that opened up their metro system to help deal with their traffic issues when I graduated from high school. And that was a long time ago. But, I'm sorry, can but, you repeat again, what, where, where, where did you say you were from initially with the metro system? Is that New York, you said? No, no, in Washington, D.C. What? Okay, because I lost that part. Okay, thank you. Please continue. Sorry, Washington. And what was great about living in Washington was that, you know, I took a city bus that was um, very frequent to my high school. Um, we, we used our, our city system to be able to help our students that were of an of an age that they could handle riding a bus on there by themselves, you know, to schools and didn't have to provide school buses for all of those students that were going to their middle schools and high schools. We were able to use the metro to get to our workplace. And and while Washington is a very congested area, quite a bit mm-hmm. more than what, what Tampa is, you know, we've been talking about and and paying for as taxpayers plans to deal with our transportation. And FDOT's paid for that, but that's still taxpayers' dollars to right. to come up with systems to allow us to help people get from point A to point B efficiently. And we don't follow our own plans. We keep paying for plans that keep saying the same thing, that we need to develop transit. We need to develop transportation systems. We need to have safe streets. We need to have sidewalks and bike lanes to help people get from point A to point B without a car. I mean, I live on a street where we used to have a streetcar. And when the interstate was put in, you know, in the 50s and 60s, they ripped all the streetcars out and they brought on places for more cars to take place. And and my home actually faces the interstate where they will be widening, widening it. And, and I also um, represent a majority of the business owners in the core of the city, um, north of downtown. Um, I'm president of the Heights Urban Core Chamber. And, and representing those business owners has been a real challenge in the sense that, you know, they are very concerned of what's going to happen when 275 is under, trans, under you know, construction for decades uh-huh. just to put a toll road in place. And my biggest con- other concern about that is it's a, it's a plan for the wealthy. 
you know, you if you if you make middle income and the average income in Tampa is not that high, but especially in the core of the city and a lot a lot through the east and through the northern part, eastern part of the cities, you know, there's there's individuals there that make very very little money. They they make minimum wage or a little bit more than minimum wage. And when they have to spend, you know, over half of their income to support a car in order to be able to get to a job, as soon as their car breaks down, they can't get there because we have not built effective transportation alternatives in the Tampa Bay region to help people get around. That hurts our economy. It keeps us from being able to attract good employers that are looking for the employees that are here. And the the Heights community that this this part of the road is going through that actually will damage the road in a very big way, you know, is is a thriving community now after recovering from the first time the interstate went through it. We've had businesses move in. We've had young families move in. There's people that want to be able to walk through their areas. And what the interstate did in the 50s and 60s is it ruined the grid community that we had so that people could get from point A to B without necessarily have to get in a car. And, right. and while there's large parts of our communities that do need to have highway, I understand that, you know, you can't get across from Tampa to St. Pete without going across a highway that's a bridge right. that gets us back yeah. and forth. But And there are certain parts of 275 that definitely need to be redesigned for better flow through. But yeah, the, yeah. the northern part of the city, when there are other ways to get around, is not the way to do it, especially when there are corridors with rail on it already that we could figure out how to better use and create a hub-and-spoke kind of system by being able to actually about- con- I'm sorry, are you talking about the, the when you say the rails, you're talking about the, the existing trains, the, the train systems that we have? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's yeah. a great train, a train uh, corridor all through this city that if we were able to either use part of that setback or use those actual rail lines that are there and create transit that connects to bus lines that create a hub-and-spoke kind of system, what you mm-hmm. have is a transportation system that has better reliability. You don't get stuck in a bus in traffic. You don't get right. stuck, yeah. <laughs> you know, in a car. I tell you, that would be traffic. nice. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I'm stuck behind a bus in traffic. It happens quite a bit. Um, I have <laughs> one more caller. I have one more caller that's on the line. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and buzz them in here. And hello, caller, sure, you're sure. on Thanks the Thanks for giving me the time. No, of course. Thank you for calling in. Um, can you um, go ahead and let us know who you are and how you're associated with this uh, uh, Tampa Bay Next pro- the No Tampa Bay Next project? Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Matthew Suarez. Uh, I'm the uh, public policy advisor for Sunshine Citizens. Um, uh-huh. I'm a fourth generation uh, Tampa native. Sure. Uh, we've been here for four generations and. Uh, my uh, great-grandparents, actually, we've uh, uh, lost homes uh, and had to be moved out of homes in relation to the family uh, because mm-hmm. of interstate, uh, the initial interstate project uh, back during the 60s. Uh, my uh, great-uncle, actually, uh, is at risk of actually being displaced for the second time oh, uh, because wow. of the Tampa Bay Express project. Um, he, his name is uh, there, um, uh, Joanne and Felix Lopez. 
Uh, and wow. They live uh, over in Seminole Heights. And they had um, originally lost not only their home, uh, but also their family business uh, in Tampa Heights uh, back when the wow. uh, interstate was first going through. And now uh, we've been fighting. I've been fighting with uh, also my uh, uh, my cousin, who is their daughter, and uh, and her husband. Uh, we've been pushing against FDOT uh, in relation to ensuring that, uh, uh, you know, uh, the family members are uh, uh, are are allowed to enjoy uh, their senior years uh, without having to worry about a, a road project breathing down their neck. So, wow! Uh, and I mean, have yeah, they so, given mean, you? Is, yeah, I mean, have, has FDOT given you guys any? I mean, for all these relocations and stuff, and I'm glad you mentioned this because there are so many people that would be relocated. Have they given any kind of uh, you know? plan or anything to because if you go on their website they say oh yeah there's relocation assistance but that doesn't really give any detail it doesn't say how they're going to assist them it doesn't say whether they're going to give them money or give i mean it doesn't say much of anything and i'm curious how 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 that aspect of it would affect you guys really yeah well i mean you know i've been doing uh you know pretty much with fdot they've been getting from me a parade of public records requests and through those records requests, recently we've gotten uh, some meeting minutes uh, from weekly meetings that they have with Tampa Bay about Tampa Bay Express at the mm-hmm. District 7 office. And those uh, minutes identify that um, it's not the acquisition of property uh, that is the most challenged with their right-of-way acquisition um, goals. It's uh, what to do with the residents uh, that are there. Um, and so you have this thing where they really don't care about the individuals, uh, and they're just trying to see how they can get them out of the property in order to go ahead and uh, what they call, uh, you know, go ahead and proceed with the taking. <laughs> they literally call it the taking uh, of the property in order to allow it to be part of the uh, uh, the the gen the then uh, general right of way uh, for uh, any type of uh, improvement to the highway facility. So there's really a disconnect here in relation to the actual uh, respect for the residents. Uh, you're uprooting individuals from, um, you know, if it's a family, uh, the kids from their school, uh, the kids from their friends. Um, you're really destabilizing, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, um, you know, the individuals from their work environment, maybe their workplace is within walking distance from, uh, their, their residents. Um, you're dissettling like my great aunt and uncle, uh, my great uncle's in his nineties. Okay. And he's on oxygen and he has health issues. So you're, you're putting additional stress. Uh, on those types of individuals that don't need it, um, and you're creating grave major inconvenience. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's like for the Department of Transportation, uh, you know, to not have any concern about that, you you may you basically frame yourself into a heartless organization. Right. Um, just so you know, we care about the community or the yeah. citizens. Right, and and thank you for that. And I'm I'm sorry to uh, interrupt you like that. We only I uh, just sure. because we only have a few minutes here. I wanted to bring yeah, yeah, no Mario in. Uh, Mario, you're still with us, right? 
I'm right here, Emmy. I just wanted to mention, thank you for giving me just a quick second. I wanted to mention yeah, that, that Matt, Matthew and Rick and Kimberly and Michelle, and there are a bunch of other people that have poured their heart and soul into this uh, and, and have been fighting tooth and nail to make sure that the voices of the people in those communities in which they live are heard. Uh, we, we all want you to know and we want your listeners to know that this Tuesday is a very important meeting. The MPO, yeah. the Municipal Planning Organization, which is made up of city council leaders, county commissioners, and city leaders, civic leaders, will be holding an open forum meeting this Tuesday at 6 p.m. at the county building right there in downtown Tampa. Doors open at 4 o'clock. If you'd like to get there to sign up at 4 o'clock to speak, if you'd like to speak. And if you don't want to speak, but you want to be active in this, you can, you can feed your minutes to other speakers. Just bring, the only caveat is that you have to come with that speaker. For example, I mean, you don't want to speak, but you want to give your three minutes to me. We go together and you, you sign up with me. You say you want to cede your three minutes to me. So that gives me six minutes to make a presentation. My point is this, last time we were there, we, that meeting went on until three in the morning. I don't know if you remember it or not. I got yeah, there I at about at six o'clock wow. and I didn't speak until almost one in the morning. Please, everybody that's interested in our history, everybody that wants to help us in this cause, please make plans to be there on Tuesday. Four o'clock when the doors open, six o'clock, they they bang the gavel in the meeting, and here we go. All right, great. So there you go. So uh, I want to thank, I wish we could talk about this more, but unfortunately we're running out of time. I want to thank all of you for calling in, especially you, Mario, and uh, and uh, just, you know, this is a, I, I don't know any of you that would know this is an important uh, subject for anybody that's interested in history anywhere. And, you know, uh, we hope that you, and, you know, I know many, many of you out there maybe are in support of this. And, and you know, we're not against you. We're, we, we are, want, we want to preserve our culture. We want to preserve the history of our city. And we know that there's a better way of doing that. And if I, you know, if, if you can meet us halfway, if you can meet us all the way, that'd be great. Um, we just ask that you listen to our side of the story and in in this, in, in this topic. So we hope to see everybody there. We hope, you know, if we work together, we can come up with a way to, to stop this thing and, do, and, do, and have a better solution that will help all of us. So uh, I want to thank everybody uh, for coming on here and uh, be here next week, Saturday, 8.30 p.m. on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. Uh, we'll be back on track doing more wacky, zany, paranormal nonsense that we always do. And uh, stay tuned for our season eight finale. We're going to be interviewing the historic Tampa Theater. Oh, my gosh, right? I know. How cool is that, guys? And, um, you know, there you go. Something else that's historic. Okay. I'm, my, my producer just came on. All right. So that's it, guys. Thank you very much for coming on the air. This has been Emmy on the Graveyard Shift. Thank you, Mario. I am punching out. Thank you, Emmy. Thank you. Peace, guys. Thank you. All right. See you, guys. You feel that universe? That satisfied feeling only comes from having finished a super epic, awesome episode of The Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Hosted by your illustrious host, Emmy. Make sure to follow on blogtalkradio.com slash The Graveyard Shift and our Twitter feed. Hashtag Emmy Shift Show. To stay in the loop for future episodes. Until next time, Shifties, we're punching out.